Penn State cruises to a 63 to nothing win over UMass as they head into their biggest challenge of the season. We break down the big win and preview the matchup against Ohio State next on Nittany Nation Overtime. Hey, what I'm doing? Hey, getting right to it. The money is talking, I'm flowing, it's coming in just how I drew it. Yeah, you know what it is. Hey, we doing it big. Look up. Welcome into Nittany Nation Overtime. I'm your host, Ryan Risky, and as usual, I'm joined by the Nitwits, Mark Brennan and Neil Rodell, and of course, former Penn State wide receiver Joe Nastasi. And guys, big win over UMass. There's really not much to dissect against a small FBS team, 63 to nothing. What did you guys like from this? Well, I, listen, you know, number one, take care of business. That's what this game was all about. You want to get into that game, uh, win it relatively handily, and, and get out of it as healthy as possible. And it seems like they kind of did all of those things. So with what's looming on the horizon, I think to be able to come out of a bye, play a relatively clean game. When you look at the weather conditions, a lot of things could have go, gone wrong. They didn't. Penn State dominated from start to finish. And I think overall, really good game for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really overreact to this kind of an opponent. Uh, it was some tweaks. The special teams uh, produced two touchdowns to Daquan Hardy and the fact that they had that was really the first that he was the regular punt returner. Uh, so they made that move in advance of the rest of the way here. But, um, you know, I think it really sets up what should be uh, a terrific second half, potentially terrific second half of the season starting this week. And I think kind of one thing that kind of got lost, this is their first win after the bye week since 2017. Yeah, I mean, like, like they were saying, it's like sealing your driveway. You went nice, neat, and clean. You don't want any mistakes. Uh, but at the same time, it was, a good, it was a good setup for what's coming up. I don't think anybody got too high, too low. Everything was pretty clean. So it's, it, it went exactly how it should go. Uh, I don't think um, anybody on that staff were in there saying, okay, well, we won 63 to nothing and everything's fine. But uh, I thought it was clean. I thought it was a good game, and it was good in those conditions too. And when obviously, was the last time you sealed your driveway? Uh, two years ago. Is that so, right? yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to do it. You want it nice and clean and neat. That's what I'm saying. You don't want anything to go wrong, even though you say, you know, you have to do it, right? And then, kind of one thing this is two straight games they've had seven plus sacks. Now, 27 sacks on the season. That's four and a half a game, which is in the top five in the nation. And yeah, defenses keep taking care of business. Yeah, Disa Isaac decided to come back for his fifth year. And I look at this team, and obviously there's a ton of NFL talent on this squad. Everybody knows about Olu. Everybody knows about Kalen King. But I'm not sure anybody's done as much this season to help their NFL stock as Adisa Isaac. I mean, I think there was probably some questions about how high he might go in a draft. But so far, the, the, the way he's playing, the dominating style he's playing. And then what Manny Diaz is doing with that mm. three defensive end uh, approach sure. with Chop Robinson and Denai Dennis Sutton, I mean, they are absolutely getting after people. And I think the things they were able to put on tape with their different defensive looks, starting with that front four or when they go to those unique looks, again, I think that's going to give people trouble moving forward. Th th this, is a, this is what's really good about the NIL. You know, I know everybody likes to knock it and, you know, with the kids getting paid, but this is the good part of the NIL is that you can keep kids in there that can – maybe potentially make more money in their last couple of years of school than they would in their first NFL contract. 
So to me, like that's the big benefit of the NIL from a fan perspective. Now you get to see the players develop a little bit more in college and not run to the NFL when they have that kind of talent. So you get yeah, to that's keep them interesting a little bit. because maybe that would have kept sure. a couple kids who who went out and were undrafted. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point there. And obviously, big 63 to nothing win over UMass. We're going to take a break. So when we come back, we're going to preview the Goliath of a matchup against Ohio State. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Welcome back into Nittany Nation Overtime. I'm Ryan Risky, joined by Mark Brennan, Neil Rodell, and Joe Nastasi. Guys, the Goliath is here. Ohio State approaches, and it kind of feels like it's one of the biggest games of the James Franklin era. I think that's really fair, because if they win this game, it'll probably be the best win of anybody in the top five, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, to go out there and win, you know, this has obviously been a real stumbling point uh, for the program in general out there but in James in particular. So, hey, this is, the moons are aligned here. Uh, just a, uh, I mean, you know, you've heard the coaches say, this is why you come to Penn State to play a game like this. Yeah, I mean, y you have the big win over Ohio State in 2016, and now you haven't beaten them since. And it's not only that you've lost, it's the way they've lost some of these games. It's where you hold leads and you're unable to, to, to kind of put the games away. And the other thing, the other dynamic at work here, this is the last year of the divisional uh, uh, set up in, in the Big Ten and you know listen you may like it you may not like it but this is the way it's been mm -hmm. and unless you're able to beat Ohio State and Michigan and at least one of the two you're not going to be there playing for the title and I think that's why it's just imperative in this last year of the divisional approach that they get at least one of these teams to show that they're on the same level with these teams because if they don't then they're not and I think kind of one thing like this kind of feels like an Ohio State team that's more beatable than in years past. This is probably one of their best chances to win at the horseshoe under James Franklin. Yeah, I mean, they they tend to play us well. Like, I mean, it just, it, it, it's, again, like you're saying, it's one of those things that you want to beat someone so bad, sometimes I think it works against you a little bit. But um, this team's a little different. I mean, I think our defense is going to have to carry us. I like the fact that it's on the road, to be honest with you. I think that gives us us against the world mentality as opposed to being home in a whiteout and everything. And sometimes it's when it's just you and your and, and your squad right there uh, in hostile territory. I, I, like the, I like the setup. I like our defense. Uh, the, again, one thing, and I'm sure we'll get into it, the one thing that I just would have loved to have seen earlier in the year was us to be able to control the game a little bit better up front in the run game and stop and run a little bit better. But I mean, this weekend, we're going to, we're going to know a lot about ourselves. I, I hear you, Joe. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, you cannot expect the way they've played so far, unless they're hiding all this stuff. I, I don't think you can expect Penn State to, to go and hit, you know, 40 or 50 points out there. The defense is going to have, that's what this team is. It's a defensive uh, team. If they can get a special teams play, you have a a first-year starting quarterback, so I think you're really going to have to yeah. rely. And I, I agree, Ohio State has shown that it's beatable, and may, but they've kicked it into gear the last couple weeks, too. Yeah. Listen, when we've seen Penn State uh, have Ohio State in a tough spot the last however many years. The defense has been the issue. It's basically kind of fallen apart, and it's going to be interesting to see with a new coordinator and Manny Diaz and all these different things that he's doing. The other thing I would say coming out of the uh, UMass game, I almost forgot who Penn State played already, 
I <laughs> thought it was imperative for their special teams to play well. Mm-hmm. Because up until that point, that unit had been so uneven. And I think across the board against UMass, you know, outside of the one fumble, which came off of a block that I don't think you could really be critical of, I thought they played really well across the board, starting with Daquan Hardy. To win this kind of game, you're going to need solid special teams. If not, you know, plus special teams where you're outperforming. Because, again, what did we see in that 2016 game? Special teams uh, turned it for Penn State. One of the keys to the season was going to be able to keep a handle on Marvin Harrison in this game and Ohio State's great receivers. As you say, how many times has the secondary let them down? And that's not just the secondary, but it's the pass rush. Uh, so between the combination of these great defensive ends, uh, and I mean, we, K.J. Hill was there like forever running through their secondary. So they're going to have to stop that. You know, and obviously that front seven is just amazing. Fifteen different players have recorded a sack this season. And getting to the quarterback, you know, and Kyle McCord, he's kind of looked shaky. You know, this is they don't have C.J. Stroud back there anymore. They don't have Dwayne Haskins, J.T. Barrett, Cardale Jones, all of those guys. Like, their offense is a little more shaky than we've ever seen, and not we're not seeing what we're used to from Ohio State. They'll show up Saturday. There I mean, they, they will. Like you said, they're they're on they're on. This this will be the game. I mean, we're going to really find out a lot about ourselves. We're going to have to field position. Again, special teams, we just talked about it. We're going to have to make some field goals. We're really going to have to get some short fields for them. I mean, again, we haven't really been able to – when I say been able to, I mean, we really haven't controlled, controlled the way I maybe anticipated that up front and running the football. We just – I mean, we're doing well, but that explosive – Offensive line, yeah. you know, where we're it feels like that, one, out, you know that I mean? home run run is just what we're waiting for to break out in the run game. And it mm-hmm. feels like they've gotten so close on so many occasions. Well, listen, Nick Singleton and, and Katron Allen, neither, neither of them have run for further, farther than 20 yards on a single carry. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their longest <clears throat> carry this year now is by Tank Smith, who we love Tank Smith because he's a walk-on and he does great things sure. within the program as a leader in that room. But they're, they're th- it's Tank Smith, it's Bo Pribula, and, and then it's uh, Trey Potts. Those guys have the longest runs in the mm-hmm. program. What we saw, again, against UMass, they still weren't able to break it. Even when Catron was getting it going, those were like rugby scrums where right. he and the offensive line were carrying the pile. That's Space. not going to happen yeah. against Ohio State. Yeah. I- I'm disappointed in the run game, just yeah. generally. Uh, when you look at, you know, yesterday, Singleton, they, they're trying to establish him. He had the first six carries at 18 yards and included a nine-yarder. So yeah. he was being dumped. Um, you know, when you look back at, at uh, you know, they had it just really does have not controlled, like yeah. I learned that term from you, road graders. They <laughs> road have not been yeah. road graders. Yeah, I, I just, you know, when you look at it sometimes, and I mean, if, if you have, I think if, and I'm not saying he should be, but when you have a, another little bit of a threat with a quarterback that can pull it that definitely gives you a little bit more space uh you know so i'm just saying if they were really established a run game and really want to get into that you have uh bow back there that would create a little bit more space because mm. we don't have that threat it's really tough because now everything's rpo and not read option you can't you never have that threat of pulling. You're just it, a, you're well, all I know is that Joe now has road graders and he's sealing, he's sealing driveways. So well, we'd have to get you like a hard hat. Yeah, 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 give go, me one. Let's go. 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 Oh, excavating business. <laughs> well, what, what does that is that why Singleton got the edge more last year than because he's he's kind of been between the tackles. He's not as effective as he was when he got on the perimeter. Yeah, I think the one thing that the coaches talked about during the bye week was just being more instinctual. 
And I don't think we're just seeing that from him. And the other thing, I think Jay Wan Sider made a really good point. I don't think this explains everything, but neither Singleton nor Catron Allen has done much work at all in the fourth quarter. So I don't think it's a coincidence that Tank Smith gets in there sure. and that defense is dead and, and, and he's able to burst he's it. He's playing or with or other or quarterbacks, or though, too. Yeah, or I mean, for Buell. You know. But back to your point, Neil, I mean, I don't think anybody could look at this now through six games and think, wow, that running game is something you could really hang your hat on, and you're going to have to do it. The good news is, prove us wrong. You have every opportunity to go to the horseshoe and prove everybody wrong. And if you yeah, are, it's going to be big. A win right there really just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season. And obviously, it's a big matchup coming up. And after we come back from a break, we're going to discuss what does Penn State need to do to get over the hump and finally beat Ohio State. You're watching. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Welcome back into Nittany Nation Overtime. Again, I'm Ryan Risky, joined by Mark Brennan, Neil Rodell, and Joe Nastasi. And guys, you know, it's all Ohio State now. And, you know, James and the players yesterday, they wanted to just kind of like, oh, we want to enjoy this win and then we'll get to Ohio State. Because this is a huge game coming up. What do they need to do? to finally get over that hump and beat Ohio State. And not only that, just get the win at the horseshoe. Well, you know, hey, um, they got to put it all together. They, and, and this is their opportunity. I think they have shown that they have enough good players to win this game. Uh, you know, it's a matter of the key call and, the, and rising to the moment. And, you know, the other thing yesterday that surfaced, and you can't have this. I know it was 63-0 against a team that punted down 56 nothing on the at the Penn State 35. So Neil that was team, angry about that. that team just took their money and, and ran. But Neil wanted hey, a touchdown there for some reason. You know, Warren dropped. He, well, it. because he probably would have won the nitwit of the week if they scored. Besides that, Warren dropped a touchdown pass. Theo dropped one right in the red zone. Keandre dropped another one. Uh, Wallace came back and fumbled. I mean, they can't have this from these receivers. They they have to play. I think nearly a perfect game. To, and the offense has to do its share. And one thing that I liked was the, they were finally taking shots downfield in this one. And obviously there might have been more opportunities. Except they were connecting on some. As you said, there was the drop touchdown by Warren that Drew Aller threw downfield. It, it, you're, there's more to be desired from that deep passing game. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I've been under the impression that they haven't been showing a whole lot. But they did show a little bit more against UMass. So we'll see what they have there. Neil, I would, I would take a little bit of exception with what you said. I don't think they have to play a perfect game. I think they have to not make the gigantic mistakes that okay. have really hurt them in the past. Whether it's defensively going really soft when you have to lead late, or a special teams, or the turnovers. They had their first offensive turnover against UMass. I think they've set themselves up to, to play that kind of game where you're not making huge mistakes. I'm not saying you're trying to back into a win, but I, I think they have enough talent that they can play a really good game, not necessarily perfect. Just don't beat yourself. They've beaten themselves so many times in these games. Especially last year, you know, they were kind of in the driver's seat in that second half. They had probably one of the worst six-minute stretches in program history that Turnovers. led to that collapse yeah. last year. Turnovers, play to win. I mean, the thing is going to be, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're going to have to play to win. We talked about special teams, but my thing is I, I think we're going to have to be able to push it down the field a little bit, whatever that looks like. Front, someone's got to step up, wide out and then we're going to have to have a four-minute offense. I mean, to beat Ohio State, we're going to have to get a couple of first downs on the ground late to end that game. 
and you know that's again we're gonna we're gonna find out who we are like this week so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun defense is gonna be, show up we know they are and you know that Ohio State's gonna make their share of plays it's just gonna be what it is uh, but down in and down out we're gonna see if we can move the ball move the chains when we have to and as you say like this is really where we're gonna find out are they a 10 and 2 team or are they a team that can get over that hump and get sure. to the Big Ten championship and potentially to the college football playoff it's like last year they murdered almost everybody went 10 and 2 in the regular season made it to the Rose Bowl and you had those losses to Michigan and Ohio State you've got to get over that hump finally yeah they don't have to be perfect but they got to win the big game this is the big game and they, uh, they don't have to be perfect they have to play a really good game they're gonna have to make clutch plays down the stretch as you said they're gonna need like that good play call on like a third down to pick up another first or you know something like that um, so we'll see what happens yeah. Well, it's been interesting because somebody actually said to me, do you think it's going to benefit Ohio State that they've been in multiple close games and Penn State hasn't? And I said, well, every year before this, Penn State's been the team that's been in the close games and it hasn't helped them. So <laughs> who knows how that works? I think it's, we can forget about what happened in the first six games, seven games of the season. Yep. Right now, the focus on, is on this game, playing as well as you can play, not making mistakes and trying to get that win. Yeah, and I think kind of one of the the things that you that Neil again you alluded to like you need to make sure you're having that right play call everybody's in position don't beat yourselves don't you know lose the penalty battle hey, you might have to make a big kick too yeah for sure and Alex Falcons you know he's done a nice job stepping into that role and that's where special teams has come into place so that unit just it's just been up and down or yesterday two punt return touchdowns Caden Saunders also had a really good or a really long Punt return. That's where I would say Ohio State does have a slight advantage. They had to get up the field against Notre Dame, and and they made all the plays when they had to, and that's what we haven't quite seen yet. Right. Now some of that's to Penn State's credit. You know they blew out West, a good looks like a decent West Virginia team, and Iowa is better than they showed against Penn State. So those are a couple decent wins. And I think another thing, you know, as you said, you know, they have had some good wins, and again, just. It feels different when you're going against Ohio State. You kind of have to go. The records don't matter at this point. Everybody's 0-0. You just need to go into the horseshoe and try to take care of business. Yeah, that Ohio State. I mean, it just it is what it is. That's just those, you know, the cross state there. And, oh, man, I know that, you know, to me, that that is the game. And I know everybody always circles it on their calendar. And it doesn't really matter what we're doing. It's That's the game. And they always seem to come up with a key play a screen out you guys were out there sure. you were beating them three nothing i think in 98 and they were starting to fight with each other yeah. you had errington and short their defense right. was in control of the game yeah. then you guys made a big mistake hey, or whatnot. what are you talking about me i mean i, I don't you were I there they <laughs> <I> mean, <I laughs> didn't yeah. throw the ball to you enough i hey you, you know what actually <laughs> i did but i did in that game uh antonio against antonio winfield i actually had that picture and anyways we got to take another break when we come back we crown our nitwit of the week did Neil and I make or gain some ground on Mark Brennan? We'll find out coming up next on Nittany Nation Overtime. Don't miss a minute of Nittany Nation Overtime, now also on Apple and Spotify. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Welcome back into Nittany Nation Overtime. Ryan Risky, and I'm joined by Mark Brennan, Neil Rodell, and Joe Nastasi. And our special guest, Joe's daughter, Jasmine. She's going to be helping him make his pick as we crown our nitwit of the week. Jasmine, say hi to everybody. 
<laughs> there we go. All right, who's the nitwit of the week that Neil and I gained ground Whoa, on Mark? Look at oh, this. Oh, wow. wow, I got it again? This is disgusting. I mean, Mark, what crystal ball are you looking oh, into? Yeah. Like, wow. seriously. I don't know. I, I sit next to Neil in the press box, and maybe his genius is rubbing off on me. <laughs> it's not, it's not helping him out. Who's picking first? Too, I'd right? like my own. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it seems wow. like the theme hey. this year. Mark, you get to make the first pick again. Yeah, wow. this, is, this is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, but I like the way Penn State's playing. I don't think we've seen everything we can see out of them. Joe mm -hmm. said it, that defense travels. I think defense is going to be big in this game. I think special teams are going to be big, a lot of field goals. So I am going to pick Penn State to win 24-20. to 20. Okay, I, I figured that was happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I picked them 11-1 and one to start the year, and I see this game as the beginning, the first big game of this two-year stretch, this great stretch next year. Uh, opportunity. Uh, big game for James Franklin to show that he can be that guy that takes you to the top of the mountain. And I'd like to pick Penn State. But I just am not sold enough on their offense or their run game. I think their defense uh, will do its share. I'm going to say Ohio State 24, Penn State 19. I think this is the year they get the win at the horseshoe. I'm going to go 27 to 20. It's going to come down to the wire, though. You guys took all the good numbers here, Jasmine. What do you think? So we got to figure this one out here. So 27, you know, I, I like the, I like 20, oh man, you're stealing my pick here. I'm going 27, let's go, say 27, say it, 27, 27. to 24, say it, 24, 24. Penn State. Penn State. There you go. Good luck, with your, good luck with your pick, Jasmine, not your dad. He needs, <laughs> he needs help. Yeah, the, the guest needs help. Yeah, well, we all I need help. Mark's just running away with it yeah, this I was year. It's like yeah. unfair. Yeah. Just sometimes you get lucky. I'll tell you, yeah. I <laughs> just, yeah, I want to see that. You know what? Let's see that run game show up. Let's, let's move it and get that four-minute offense and win the game. You know what I mean? I will say how cool is it going to be for this big game to get here. I think for both teams, this has been a really good series, even though it's been lopsided. Sure. There have been some tight games that haven't necessarily gone Penn State's way, but this is what Big Ten football is all about. All of the major pregame shows are going to be there, so yep. the vibe around this is great. It's, it's going to be electric, and we'll find out what happens this week. And again, we'll be back next week at 11.30 to cap the, or the game against Ohio State. Thanks for watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Thanks for watching WTAJ's Nittany Nation Overtime. Tonight's show is brought to you by DeLeo Games, Sisney and O'Donnell, The Student Bookstore, Joe Comfort Toyota, Legends Power Sports, and Belding and Mall.